Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Context Machine. This is episode 608. I'm Brian Chaffin. And I'm Jeff Gamut. Hey, check us out at our new home, which isn't quite as new as it used to be, but the carpet still has that new carpet smell. Contextmachine.io. Carpets are gross. Listen, man. You know, when I grew up, Jeff, I I, I grew up with carpet. There was carpet in my, in my bathroom because it was a 70s house. Yeah, what was up with that? That's so disgusting. There was carpet. Our, our, our kitchen was carpet. It was carpeted. Why? 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 Yeah, <laughs> at least our kitchen wasn't carpeted. But yeah, why? Why? So I've got I've got uh, carpet in, in my current place. I've got carpet again. There's a lot of California homes that are that are not carpeted, and it, mm-hmm. I mean, like like in Texas, it, growing up in Texas, living most of my life. Well, it's most of my life at this point. I think it's most of my life in in Texas. I feel like there's a lot of carpeting in Texas. I feel like there's less carpeting here, and I've just come to really appreciate how gross carpets are i i'm with you i i i love hardwood floors and uh and tile I, floors yeah. uh real tile floors especially cement mm-hmm. floors is like like a, i there, there was a there was a house uh, i was looking at in texas a long time ago uh that was uh the the the, the like the, the dining room a large dining room area uh and i think maybe the kitchen had a scored and stained car a uh, concrete floor Oh, it was. I love those. Yeah, so a little design scored into it, and uh, and and it was all stained, and it was kind of like a mottled uh, maroon. I think it was really, really lovely. Um, but yeah, carpets, carpets. So new carpet yeah. smell. That's not necessary. You can use contextmachine.io to reach out to us. You can find us on Post and Mastodon at Context Machine. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. Tell us all about your carpets. <laughs> exactly. What do you think about carpets? Uh, if you love your carpets, by the way, more power to you. I just, yeah, I, a, a carpet in a bathroom. That always, I always thought that was weird. I, I remember, I think it was a relative shag carpet in the bathroom, <laughs> and then a shag toilet seat cover. Of course, got matching carpet drapes got to match the carpets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyhow, um, yeah, it was just gross. Gross. I also got in trouble once as a kid. Mm. Because, I can't wait uh, to see where this goes. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, uh, my parents had a shag rake because, you know, you have shag carpet. You have to rake the carpet. Okay. I've never raked shag carpet, but okay. It's the weirdest thing. Um, but you know, if you're not if you're not raking it all the time, you end up with what I like to call game trails sure. through the carpet because everyone walks the same path, right? And um, yeah, and so along one of the game trails that eventually was in our carpet, regardless of using the rake, I thought, you know, the, the shag on the edges looks like it it's grown and it's gotten too too tall. So I went and got scissors and started trimming it. And my mom caught me. I bet she was not happy. No, surprisingly, she was not happy. Huh. Here I am trying trying to provide proper grooming services yeah. for this carpet. Yeah, which was thoughtful of you. 
Right? <laughs> and no, I, I was not to be trimming the shag carpet. Well, huh. Interesting. It's a interesting, interesting thing there. Um, so, Jeff Gamut, first of all, you are a trooper. Jeff. You are hopefully on the downswing of a sinus infection. Well, um, I'm taking my amoxicillin and um, um, and I believe based on the empirical evidence I've been able to collect in Kleenexes that uh, I am improving. Okay, that's good. My point though is that you're a trooper for recording today. Well, how, how could I possibly miss out on an opportunity to hang out with you? That's a fair point. That is a fair right. point. I don't, I don't envy anyone having to wrestle with that because, you know. Right. Yay me. It's, yeah. I mean, seriously, Brian, it is all about you. It is all about me. Speaking of all about me, I posted a couple things on my blog. Uh, believe it or not, apparently I sometimes still post on my blog, geektells.com. Wait, wait, hold on. I need to get my, my pen and paper out so I can write that down. Okay, tell it to me again. Geek tells, tells, T-E-L-L-S, yes. S. Uh-huh. Dot com. Dot com. <laughs> Got it. Oh, I love it. Fully in action. I didn't even do it this yes. time. Ah. Oh. I, this, this, this is great. I approve uh, this know, message. Top. Man, absolutely. So anyway, I posted a couple of of espresso accessory reviews. I uh, posted something on this magnetic collar I've got that's called like a dosing funnel. It's not called like a dosing funnel. It's called a dosing funnel. But it's this collar. Okay. So y- you've lost me. Can you explain to me what these things are? And, and everyone, just so you know, yes, I often do the straight man thing so that that Brian can explain something. In this case, I literally have no idea what he's talking about because I am not a coffee drinker. Uh, fair. You drink milk of magnesia. Hey, hey, hey. I have moved on to oat milk. Oh, huh. M- oat milk chives? Oat milk chai. Um, today, I did an oat milk... Um, uh, London fog. Uh, oh, huh. Okay. All right. That's, that's fair. And for those of you that don't know what a London fog is, it's uh, Earl Grey tea with, uh, with some steamed milk or in my case, steamed oat milk and, uh, and vanilla. Oh, I actually thought that, uh, it was simply another, uh, <coughs> tea blend. So um, I, no, I, I, I learned not. something too. All right. So, so Meg, this dosing funnel. Uh, the one I had, the one that I like so much is it's got, it's got magnets kind of reminds me a little bit of how like Apple's done like some really, really cool things with magnets that make our experience. So you have a MagSafe coffee, coffee maker. Yes. Sort of. Okay. So the dosing funnel fits on my portafilter. The portafilter is on espresso machine. That's where you put your, your, uh, ground coffee and you tamp it down. That's in the portafilter basket. The portafilter mm-hmm. itself is the thing with the handle. It's got the it's got the circle, and the basket goes inside uh, inside the portafilter itself. The dosing funnel is this magnetic collar that sits on the edge, sits on top of and the edge of my portafilter, so that it essentially makes a wider mouth for grinding 
espresso into it. Oh, so you don't end up and don't end up with the uh, the coffee powder. Yeah, the falling ground, outside of the cup ground coffee. Yeah, or coffee it, ground. It, 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 coffee ground. If you first of all, if you don't do espresso, none of this. I mean, like you know, just maybe skip ahead or something. But if if uh, you grind espresso, but you're grinding it into like some kind of like basket, like for instance, the the, the first real espresso grinder I had was the uh, Rocky, um, uh, the the oh, and now I can't even remember what it's called. The the Balboa. <laughs> it wasn't the Balboa. No, uh, it is the Silve. Anyway, the first real coffee grinder I had. Uh, had a plastic receptacle that, you know, like literally slid into the grinder and then, you know, all the ground coffee falls into this, this container and then you pour it out into your portafilter from the container. So you don't, you don't get the mess, but okay. A lot of the higher end machines, just like in a, a, a higher end, coffee grinders just like in a in a coffee shop you will grind directly into your portafilter basket and that's where you can end up getting okay. a real mess and i was certainly getting a real mess uh which is why i went looking for some kind of solution ended up finding this magnetic uh dosing funnel that it, you know it just i, I love this thing because the magnets are just are like the perfect they're just exactly strong enough to hold this thing into place Without like making it a hassle to put on or put off, you know, it'll, like when you when you put it down, it snicks right into place. It's it, it it's lovely. I love this thing. It's 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 fifty five bucks, and it makes my counters. I don't know, like one percent as dirty, messy. One percent as right. much of a hassle to clean. <clears throat> All right, so that's very cool, and I'm very excited for you. And I have a question for you, though, because it sounds like this whole process of making your uh, your espresso, like this is like a really involved thing, like all this equipment and everything goes together and getting the right stuff. And then and then going through all the steps to actually make the what's like a small cup of coffee. I mean, is 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 this just like a tedious thing or is there is there more more to it like i i'm generally curious because just listening to you describe what you're doing it it makes me have a much greater appreciation for how easy it is for me to either throw some tea into the the little tea strainer cup and uh, or take a tea bag and throw it in a cup well, and I'm done. It's funny, I, kind of funny that you should ask because I I got a comment. I posted a second review on a different product. Uh, it's called a, a a tamper station, but basically it's a cylinder that essentially acts as a as a as a leveling platform on which to tamp your your grinds into the into you know the hard puck that an espresso machine needs. And um and like so, I called I called the dosing funnel my my favorite accessory. And it is because it makes everything so much less messy. I call uh-huh. the the tamping uh, the tamper station my second favorite accessory because it makes it so much easier to get a consistent uh, puck, which means that my espresso pool is going to be more consistent. And then I'm going to do a third one on this other device that 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 essentially reduces what's called channeling 
which is like how the water flows through your through your um your puck of grinds um and that's not the point <laughs> the point is on the second review that i posted i had someone uh comment geez you must really like your coffee which is a super ca- passive aggressive slap down and i am here for it well, what what if? Okay, I totally get I, like, it. I, I, and it I'm, sounds I'm, like that's what what happened. But what what if um, the the problem with uh, you know the the complexity of human communication and losing so much when it ends up in writing? What if they what they're really saying is, boy, you must really like your coffee. Like not not in a passive aggressive way, but like, wow, you're someone that really likes coffee. I, I, That's cool. I took it as implied criticism that I'm a little obsessive and I, I completely. Well, it is on the internet, so it probably is implied I, criticism. But, but I'm not, I mean, like, I'm completely okay with it. Like you, I got it coming. Had it coming for sure. And I get anyone who thinks that I'm a weirdo for, for, for doing all this stuff and for, you know, like ranking my espresso accessories. And you know, the, 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 I have to add the funny thing. One of the funny things to me is that real espresso snobs look down their nose at me because I'm, I'm taking this glorious espresso that I'm pulling and I'm plopping it into a glass of uh, frozen milk because I don't want to water it down with ice cubes and flavoring and real espresso snobs, you know, they, they want to drink their espresso straight and that's great. So, um, my point is that, yeah, I know that I'm, I'm, I'm weird. And, and the thing that really answers your question is espresso mm-hmm. for me has become a bit of a ritual and it's the process that I enjoy. It's the tinkering that I enjoy. It's the meticulous way in which you have to try to do the same thing every time to get a consistent pull so that you're getting a consistent drink. I enjoy doing all that. I am like, and, and, and the way this really ties to our show, Jeff, is that, that like, this is the same way that I used to tinker with my Mac 20 years ago. Yeah. I remember doing that too. Just, yeah. The whole tinkering with the Mac thing. It's, it it was a process, but um, yeah, it was almost like a ritual too, you know, f- going out and searching and researching to find the right um, uh, plug-in card or or whatever the the thing was. Go back further. Control panels, control panels, and extensions. Control panels. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was, you know, and, and that like the, the, this, and we don't have to do that anymore. Right. Like we don't have to do that anymore, but you know, now that you're, you're, you're saying this, I realized I have gone through this process where I figured out the tools that I need to, uh, to, so I guess it's a form of tinkering to make everything that I do work as as uh, well for me, as efficient for me as it can. And yeah, and it's been a process just finding all the right utilities to put on my Mac that make it my Mac and make it work the way I want it to. And um, yeah, yeah, it's a process. I, I don't know how much of this is age. Like, you know, as we're getting older, we just, we don't want to fool with this stuff anymore. And I found something else to fool with. Or if it's simply because 
computers under Microsoft today and certainly under Apple today, computers have just become so much more reliable and ordinary. Well, I, I think they're much closer to Steve Jobs' original uh, vision for the Macintosh, which was computer as an appliance. Yeah. Okay, fair. And and certainly, I think Linux users probably still – there's some aspect of the tinkering for Linux users that's still there. And maybe I, I think that's a big thing, yeah. For yeah, for a lot of Linux users, yeah, and for gamers too, who are who are who are creating doing their own PCs at home, mm-hmm. like they're making yeah, their own PCs, or, or you know maybe they're like you know constantly looking for the best video ca- cards to you know power their games, that sort of thing. That I think there's a level of tinkering too, and and I th- I think to to, to like ser- further sort of like draw the lines through the years um, in the, you know, fifties, sixties, seventies, maybe even before the fifties. I, I don't really know a whole, uh, I don't certainly don't know as much about car culture before the fifties, but in the fifties, sixties, seventies, and uh, through the eighties with the older cars where a lot of people worked on cars in their, in their, in their, you know, garage or the yards. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where people tinkered. And, I'm not saying that everybody's becoming an espresso snob today because that's certainly not the case, but I know that 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 the tinkering, the process, the ritual of trying to get the right drinks has is a big part of of why I enjoy it so much. That's part of your Zen. It is it is part of my Zen. That's and that's awesome. And I, th- I think it's, I think it's sent- like even when the when the iPhone was new, I think there was still a lot of tinkering going on. You know, because yeah, you, you had to oh, tinker yeah. with it to, to to to. We were jailbreaking. That was like the ultimate tinkering for the iPhone. Yeah. And again, I don't know how much of that is how much of that is just age. I mean, like like, you know, I, I want to be cautious about about. I want to be cautious uh, uh, about the notion of just assuming that no one tinkers because I mean, I don't think it's an age thing. I I think it's uh, um, um, some people have found whatever it is that they, they like just like getting down into that minutia and, and experimenting and changing and finding just the right thing for whatever it is for them. <clears throat> Excuse me. And for you, for you and me, it used to be uh, doing that with our Macs, and um, and now for you, it's doing it with your espresso machine and um, um, and pins. And I say, I think, hmm? pe- I think pins occupy the pins, pins. and and, uh, uh, and and ceiling wax. I think that probably um, occupies some of the same mind place too. Heart space, heart maybe heart place. Yeah, um, pens. Yep, I'm with you on that. Oh, Brian, big tinker place for the uh, or tinker space, I guess, for people in the tech community. Keyboards. Yeah, that's that's true. Keyboards have, have become a a 
thing you can fiddle with. Uh, or yeah, at the very least experiment with. with. Like, yeah, you go in and find what frame you want, and then you decide on what uh, what key switches you want, and then what types of keys, and and um, and then um, what's the correct type of lube to to put on the switches, and and are you doing sound dampening? I mean, it just goes on and on and on, and um, yeah, that's that's like the. I'm actually kind of afraid about how far I could get into that space <laughs> because I could see me going super deep into, oh, into I can too, yeah. custom keyboard tinker. I mean, I could see you going deep into that. I don't have, it's something I could also enjoy, but I'm don't have the, uh, I don't have the mental space for it right now, but I can see you doing it. And you also, you tinker with, with, uh, with Legos. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, uh, you know, a lot of people they're like, well, why bike the kits? Because that's like cheating. <coughs> well, no, you, um, you, you learn new techniques with the kits. Um, <coughs> excuse me. But then the thing is you've got a kit and you look at it and you've built it. And not, now you do just the same thing that you do with your espresso machine or uh, people that are into their computer keyboards do or people that are into into uh, cars do. And it's like, you know, this part right here, if I do this other thing, it's going to make the whole thing so much better. And uh, yeah, so uh, yes, I have a lot of kits that I have built, but... I've also done a lot of modding and uh, and then designing my own stuff. I was going to ask. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's I I, I I'm not building just kits and uh, and then looking at them and saying I'm done. Um, no, I'll, I'll build and then sometimes I'll like immediately disassemble the whole thing and then rebuild it again because now I have a different perspective on it and then and then I start looking at it. And finding the things where it could be better. And then I start modding these kits. That makes sense. Yeah. It, getting back to you talking about uh, Steve's 80s vision of the computer as an appliance. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not just the hardware. Like So, like, the hardware today on the Mac is there are very few. We can't. We, I mean, most of the time we can't even replace our own hard drive anymore. Right, and those kinds of upgrades were routine for a lot of Mac users, not not just the you know really tech savvy nerds and geeks and 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 you know big fans of of messing with hardware. Like a lot of people would would upgrade their hardware or upgrade their their uh, their RAM. Yeah, I, um, I'm betting you used to do the same thing I did, which is you, you get a new Mac, but at the same time, you're already researching what hard drive upgrade, what RAM upgrades you're going to put into this thing. Yeah, usually and, the, the RAM usually arrived before my new Mac did. Uh, same, yeah. And and I would do that thing where I'd order the Mac that had the processor that I wanted, and everything else is the bare minimum. You were transental. It's, it's like yeah. trans-international, but but they call themselves transintel. Oh yeah. Right. They, they usually had the, for the, uh, for years, they usually had the, the best Ram prices. 
And, uh, and yeah, I would, I, I would forgot pour, about them. I would pour over their pricing list all the time in compare it to like, uh, uh, it, at some point, uh, other world computing, OWC, which is maxsales.com, yep. And they're still around. Um, for a long time, they started having the best Ram prices. And like I said, I would usually have the, the Ram would usually arrive at my house before I could get the, you know, for the, before the new Mac would arrive. Same thing with the hard drive. Yep. Yep. And those days are gone. And we don't do those things anymore. And well, somewhere in between mostly and in part because we can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there, but there's other things that we're doing now that, uh, that are part of the mod process or customization process. Cause now it's like, okay, well, what, what keyboard, what pointing device do I want to use? What kind of display do I want to add to my computer? Um, am I adding external storage? What does that look like? Um, Am I doing things with my network to improve overall network performance? And, um, you know, and then there's people that, that are doing stuff like, like um, uh, setting up a pie hole. And for, for those of you that don't know what that is, Raspberry Pi, and it acts like a, uh, like, like a, a port manager firewall, basically. And so, so yeah, well, really uh, a firewall. And then you just have this little Raspberry Pi and you totally custom configure what uh, data gets to come in and go out of your network. And, uh, and yeah, so there, I, Brian, I think there's still a lot of places that we're tinkering with our Apple technology. It's just not happening inside the case anymore. Well, and it's also not happening inside the software. Um, like we already mentioned that, you know, there used to be that like control panels uh, and extensions were like all the rage, but do, do, like, do you remember, you remember when we could extension brief- manager? Yes. And you, what was the, what was the third party project? The product that was so key to that. Um, um, Oh my God, I can picture it right now watching everything march across the bottom of my screen. Yeah. Um, and the first thing that popped up was the, and people right now are yelling to tell us what it is. Oh my God, why can I not remember the name of the. Um, Something from Cassidy and Green, wasn't it? Uh, Might have been. The point is that, that those were all things. And then, like, for a very brief while, we could even, heaven forfend, have a theme. And it's one of the first things that oh, Steve Jobs man, killed. I missed that. When he came back, it's one of the first things he killed. And it was really frustrating because the theme seems so exciting. Uh, you know, this ability to customize, to tinker with the way our Mac look. And the fact that that people could, you know, like other people could make their own themes. That was so exciting. Uh, all of those things are gone now, and we don't even think about them. We don't think about all those ways of customizing. Like it to at this point, the biggest customizations we're doing of our Macs are like, is it dark theme or the normal theme? Yeah, or um, going and finding a different uh, uh, screensaver. Sure, screensavers. Lol. 
So yeah, um, I when when that all of these thoughts sort of like smacked me on the head when when um, this person commented that uh, on my blog. Geez, you must really really like your coffee, and 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 it just really kind of hit me how much, in fact, I do enjoy that process. I enjoy the process, and it really does occupy the same kind of space that that tinkering with my Mac would have would have occupied uh, in an earlier age. And, uh, and, and I think that, uh, I don't know, it's interesting to me. I'd love to hear yeah, what, I, what people think. Well, like same. What do you, do you tinker with anything today? Do you still tinker with your Mac? Have you like, yes, you're a Mac person, but now you have, you know, a PC that you tinker with or a, a, you know, a Linux box that you tinker with, or are you tinkering with something else? Have, have you actually raspberry put a, Pi. a raspberry? Excellent I, example. I, okay. Here, here's my raspberry Pi tinker project from a couple years ago. I, um, I took one of my raspberry Pis because once you get one, you end up with more and, uh, and took an old hard drive that I had sitting around and, uh, and, set up this raspberry pi to be a plex server Hmm. and it's actually it's right here on the shelf and uh it just chugs away and uh yeah so i've got a plex server sitting here and instead of running it on on an old mac i'm running it on a raspberry pi and it's it runs great for uh for there was a period of time where i was also tinkering with uh bitcoin mining that was I remember that. That was absolutely the same headspace as tinkering with a um tinkering with any kind of computer. Uh you know, trying to trying to get every ounce of power you could out of them and and you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh oh. Oh. Yes. Um tinkering that that I do a lot and I know a lot of other people are doing a lot of too. And it's the automation space, whether it's working with shortcuts oh, yeah. on Mac point. OS or iOS or uh, uh, with something like Zapier or if this, then that. And uh, just HomeKit stuff in general. Like yeah, HomeKit stuff. stuff in general. Or, or you yep. know, the A-Lady or whatever. Yeah, wh- wh- whatever your, your smart platform of choice is. Uh, yeah. And... Uh, yeah, so that whole automation space, I, I think that is uh, very much a, uh, a tinker space right now. Yeah, uh, I suppose it is. What is your tinker space? Reach out to us. Post Mastodon, Gigtails. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. What is it? Context Machine. Context Machine. You can reach out to me too, but you can reach out to yeah, us. Yeah, won't answer, but you know. I you will reach if, it's, if it's post. But contextmachine.io. No, I went on Mastodon. What's your tinker? Because I, I, is it cooking? I'm sure that there are a lot of people whose tinkering headspace, whose tinkering heart space is cooking. Yeah. Oh, um, um, totally random and spontaneous um, uh, plug for someone else. Um, uh, Patrice Brendamore. She does a, uh, a podcast called Foodie Flashback, okay. which is basically about tinkering with food. And she just interviews people about 
different food things. And it's, and it totally falls into that tinker space. I better include a link to that in the show notes. Okay. Please do. Yeah. There you go. Uh, see, what's this other thing we had to mention, uh, Jeff? Uh, oh, you had a sort of oh. like a PSA. Yeah. Which, uh, um, actually coincidentally ties into the if thing. All right. So the, the short version is, um, with Twitter basically being dead and me liking to automate things to make my life easier. When I post to Instagram, I like it to auto post to, uh, to whatever other social platform I'm using, which used to be Twitter. Now it's Mastodon and, uh, and trying to find an elegant way to do that was proving to be uh, very frustrating and then I found a uh, a walkthrough that uh, that uh, someone wrote. It's it's on a blog called Dead Journal. Um, but anyhow, it's it's this really great walkthrough that shows how to take advantage of the uh, the built in make your own app sort of thing that that's in Mastodon and then using webhooks in if this, then that and linking all that together. And by, by doing that, I can now post onto Instagram and then have it automatically post onto Mastodon uh, by linking webhooks into that little uh, Mastodon app that I created, which is basically fill in some blanks and a couple checkboxes, and then click a button, and um, and now it just works, and I'm it's super slick. I'm assuming you start with some kind of search on Mastodon. Uh, <laughs> uh I'm gonna call hey, your mom and tell her how you're acting. Listen, it's your fault. That you keep me as a friend. <laughs> You're right. That is on me. That is all on me. Yep. <laughs> and yet here we are. And yes, yeah. I love you. Uh, I love you too, brother. Uh, I'm, I'm so I'm glad you found that. Um, and I'm glad that you actually were able to tell other people about it too. Yeah, it's it's super slick, and and I'd experimented with a few other things like services that are that are already built, and and um, it it just there just wasn't anything that was elegant and reliable, and then I found this, and I'm like, holy crap, this is actually really easy and very straightforward. And um, I'll make sure there's a link to this uh, to this post that I found in our show notes. So that if if you want to post from Instagram to Mastodon, uh, but you know, really, you can set it up so, so you can cross post from basically anything through Ift to Mastodon. It just so happens that I chose Instagram as my as my starting point. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right, uh, Jeff. Thank you for Brian. allowing me to delve into tinkering. Oh, sure. That was a lot of fun. Boy, I sneezed, but I was able to mute. That was a big sneeze. Yeah, too. and I would usually cover for you, but uh, I was drinking some water so that I wouldn't start coughing uncontrollably. Oh, uh, yeah. We had bad timing on that one. Well, you know what? Part of that is because you are recording 
with the sinus infection, which I very much appreciate. I bet you all of our other listeners also appreciate it. Yeah, my left eyeball really hurts right now. <laughs> it sucks, man. Well, if that's the case, but I'm not going to complain. Let's do this. Technically, I think you've already complained. That's this week's context machine. <laughs> if you have anything to comment on, add or question, you can write us at contextmachine.io. You can find us on post and uh, post.news and mastodon at context machine our bandwidth is provided by cashfly thank you to cashfly the base was recorded by dr boom just for us it's all for this week jeff oh that's awesome and is it really complaining if i'm just simply stating a fact yes the answer is oh the answer is yes oh all right then